Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. This podcast is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Stop spending a fortune on gimmicky shave tech you don't need. Make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. Get your first month for only five bucks with free shipping by going to dollarshaveclub.com slash weekly standard. I want everyone to know that this uh, podcast is being read directly as a memo to the file. So Steve Hayes, everything you say will be recorded and probably used against you. Makes me nervous. Makes me really nervous. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what makes me nervous is the idea that you're talking to somebody and they're keeping notes because I vaguely remember what I said five minutes ago. My wife, on the other hand, must be Mrs. James Comey because she remembers everything I've said during our entire married life. Well, maybe she takes notes. <laughs> it's probably wise. How significant are these memos from uh, former FBI Director Comey? And what do we know as of now about how much there are, what what has been confirmed? As you know, we started off with somebody reading something over the phone to somebody. Where are we now? So I would say they're significant, but we don't know yet quite how significant, uh, number one. And number two, I think they have the potential to be very significant, obviously. I mean, you've got the, the, the former FBI director who was removed uh, by the president's own telling, in part because of President Trump's frustration with how the Russia investigation was going. Um, claiming in, in a memo in contemporaneous notes, as you say, uh, that the president urged him to end an investigation into Russia's interference in the U.S. election that has ensnared some Trump associates. That's a big deal. No matter what else we, we, we learn about, about this situation, that alone is a big deal. Now, there, there will be a number of additional facts. Uh, that we learn about this. And I think it's it's wise to reserve judgment until we till we see what else comes. But, um, you know, I think there is an inclination, I think, of, of some of the diehard Trump uh, defenders to, to try to wave this off and say, you know, yet again, oh, this is just the media. Oh, shouldn't we be focusing on Seth Rich and, and that conspiracy theory? Shouldn't we be doing this? And and it seems to me that that's uh, really uh, myopic. Well, there are there's another way to view the conversation and that Trump supporters will urge, which is that Trump just talks. And so when he says, hey, Flynn's a good guy, I really hope you can get past this, that it was aspirational, not instructional. Do you think that that theory flies, Steve Hayes? Sure. I mean, if, if that exchange, in fact, happened, um, I expect that that is what uh Trump defenders would say, and, and we saw a, a tweet from Tr Donald Trump Jr. today, in effect, echoing that argument. He retweeted somebody else who's saying essentially what you just said and, and called it truth. Um, look, at some point, what the president of the United States says has to matter. Uh, this was always the problem with the, you know, take him seriously, not literally. That's a luxury you don't have when you're the president of the United States. People depend on your words. They parse every word that you say. What you what you claim, the words that come out of your mouth, uh, they matter. They can change markets around the world. They can start trade wars. Um, they can end careers. What the president of the United States says matters. And if the president of the United States sat down with his FBI director and encouraged him to end an investigation that included members of the Trump team, I would say that's hugely problematic. So, Steve Hayes, we know that Trump is going to Trump, as the kids say. And the question is, how will Republicans respond to it? Uh, how do you think Republicans are quitting themselves in the face of this disturbing story? 
Well, I would say it's been mixed. I mean, it seems to be just talking to several members of Congress um, yesterday over the past uh, 24 hours, really, since the story broke. Uh, This feels like something different. I mean, this feels like something bigger um, than the previous Trump controversies, whether it was the Trump tweets about wiretapping Trump Tower, whether it was the, the alleged disclosure of sensitive information in the Oval Office to the Russians, what have you. This feels like it's something that is is making Republicans on Capitol Hill sort of stand up and take notice. Now, it may just be the cumulative effect of all of these Trump controversies that has them um, fatigued. There's a very good piece by Jenna Liffitz on the Weekly Standard website uh, talking about that phenomenon, Republicans and and Democrats. But in in conversations with people on Capitol Hill, you know, the fact that, that Jason Chaffetz at the Oversight Committee is asking for documents, uh, Majority Leader, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is calling for James Comey to come and testify in front of uh, the Senate or, or present in front of the Senate uh, in public and soon was what McConnell said. Um, this seems to be something that's that's at sort of another level and, and we're not getting as many kind of knee-jerk Trump defenses as we've gotten in previous uh, controversies. Which is why, Steve, it's nice to talk about things that aren't controversial, like Dollar Shave Club. It is, beyond controversy, the smarter choice. You get a great shave at a great price, conveniently delivered right to your door. So what else could you ask for? You know, I'm not the kind of guy who's into like the fancy schmancy shave hair cream butter stuff. I am by no means a metrosexual as much as my wife would like me to be one. In fact, my wife got so annoyed with me getting the super cheapo razors that she made me buy one of the expensive ones where when you buy the cartridges, you have to take out a small loan to cover the cost. And so I was using it. Well, now that I'm a Dollar Shave Club member, I have my new Dollar Shave Club executive razor and it sits right next to the incredibly expensive, fancy-schmancy one my wife made me get. My Dollar Club razor looks better, and it is better. I'm just looking for a great shave, great price. That's what I get, and you can too. In fact, how does this sound? You join the Dollar Shave Club today, and you'll get your first month for just 5 bucks with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash weekly standard that's dollarshaveclub.com slash weekly standard your first month for only five bucks plus free shipping steve uh sarah westwood over at the washington examiner pointed out to me a few uh, hours ago that nobody from the white house has gone on the record to defend trump on this comey story nobody and with the story of the uh uh, Russian uh, alleged, you know, breach of intelligence. They had H.R. McMaster out right away, but thus far, it's just been Trump. Well, I would say there are two points to make there. One, H.R. Um, McMaster coming out both right away after the, the the Russia story broke, and then the next day to to try to explain it away. Um, now, he he may sincerely believe everything that that he argued, but remember, his his argument was that the story was false. He said the night that that broke, he made a categorical statement. It didn't happen. I was in the room. The story is false. The next day, he sort of downshifted uh, from that initial statement and said, well, the premise of the story was false. But then he and others in the White House went on to confirm several details of the reporting that appeared in the Washington Post, whether it's uh, the fact that uh, that an aide, Bossert, had contacted the NSA and CIA um, to, to alert them to what had taken place, whether 
you're talking about the alleged disclosure of the city that was um, that that intelligence sources regarded as pretty significant that news organizations had been asked to withhold. Um, you know, there were several details in the Washington Post story that were later confirmed or in effect confirmed by the White House, which undermined the categorical claims that McMaster had made the night before. Um, on the Comey question, I think, you know, there people are reluctant to speak for a couple different reasons. One, they've seen previous defenders of the president be effectively thrown under the bus, whether you're talking about last week, Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Sean Spicer going out and spinning this tale about um, uh how James Comey was fired, that it came at the recommendation of uh, the deputy attorney general. And that's really the only reason he did it. And you know, so many elements of that story that, that later the president himself contradicted, I think has people probably a little reluctant to go out and defend the president when they were worried that the very next day, I mean, Vice President Pence made that argument a week ago. Uh, and the very next day, Trump came out and, and made an argument that largely contradicted what the vice president had said. I think you're seeing some of that uh, reluctance in what we're seeing now. And, and the other thing is, you know, particularly on Capitol Hill, Republicans just don't know what to say about this. It is uh, serious in a way that some of these other controversies haven't been, I think. And, uh, you know, given the fact that this was alleged to have been a one-on-one -on -one discussion between James Comey, the FBI director, and Donald Trump, the president of the United States, uh, it, it is likely to come down to a he said, he said, dispute with the one caveat or one asterisk that James Comey took what were basically contemporaneous notes, memos to the file, uh, which as the New York Times reporter who broke the story, Michael Schmidt included in his piece, would be admissible in a court of law if this were ever to get that far. But then we come back to the, well, yeah, Trump says stuff because that's just Trump. You know, if uh, Comey wasn't bothered by it enough to, say, resign or mention it to an oversight committee or do something, then it lends credence to the defenders who say this is this was just, you know, Trump having one of these meandering conversations, which gets to what I want to conclude with, which is how should Republicans and conservatives behave in this environment. Some say just defend the president, period. And they make a some make a pragmatic argument. Look, Republicans are going down with the ship either way. You can say that you never liked him, whatever. But, you know, you're all on the HMS Trump. So start rowing. Uh, others say, no, the best thing the Republican Party can do is create whatever distance they can between themselves and Trump. Where where are we, Steve? Well, you know, can I can I make a a, a simple-minded and probably naive argument? Maybe well, that is your wheel. That is your wheelhouse. I will say that <laughs> the, the simple-minded and naive. Exactly. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a fair criticism. Um, maybe Republicans ought not first think about what's the best politically. Now, of course, most of them do. That's how they're trained. That's why they're in in Congress. Um, but maybe they ought to think about what's what's best for the country and. You know, whatever we learn, and, and again, I want to repeat, you know, we're in the early stages of, of this stuff. Maybe we'll learn things that are exculpatory for the president. Maybe we'll learn things that are more damning. There are additional Comey memos, some of them classified. Uh, I suspect that those will be interesting. Um, but but whatever, wherever the facts lead, it seems to me that Republicans would would be wise to, to take stock and, and step back and, and say, what's good for the country here? I mean, you know, this this isn't like we're talking about some throwaway minor potential scandal at, you know, a, a tiny federal 
agency. We're talking about the president of the United States potentially asking the FBI director, firing the FBI director to end an investigation after the FBI director previously refused to end an investigation. That's a big deal. No matter how you look at that, that's a big deal. As I say, we may learn additional things that, that make it look like less of a big deal. But it seems to me that just that proposition makes it a big deal and you'd be better off having um, Republicans, even Democrats, whomever, take a look at this thing, not through the lens of, of a prism of partisan politics, but asking, hey, what happened here? How can we most quickly get to the facts of the matter and then make a judgment about what to do about it? Put your country first. Now, Steve Hayes, that is a novel idea. Thanks for joining us for the podcast. Of course. Anytime, Michael. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Daily Standard Podcast. You can find all our podcasts at weeklystandard.com or better still, just subscribe to them at iTunes or Google Play by searching Weekly Standard. When you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode of the Daily Standard, including our special features, the Confab every weekend and Crystal Clear every Friday. Plus, you can leave reviews of the podcast and let people know that you found content that you enjoy. Don't enjoy it? Have a question, comment, or complaint? Just email podcasts at weeklystandard.com. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Michael Graham.